Okay. Okay, hi everyone. It's nice to chat a bit, so feel free to chat back to me rather than me having to deliver a speech. Um, also, sorry to be a diva, but can I have some water, please? <laughs> um, so yes, I am always excited to preach and speak and share with you all, and um, I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit will just take over, because my brain is not at optim optimum function. Thank you so much. During worship, I really felt like I needed to start at the end. So, that's what I'm going to do. Could I have a little bit of guitar, please? Thanks. And can we all stand? Thank you, Jesus, that you are in the room. Thank you that you are walking among us right now. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would increase your presence, that you would soften our hearts, that you would make us aware of your presence right now, Holy Spirit. We just say that we surrender to you this morning, God. We lift you up as our King. We lift you up as our Saviour as the one who has rescued us, who has called us out, who has loved us with an everlasting love. And so we just, just feel like in your spirits you can speak out with words, just surrender to him, just invite him now, just speak his name. Jesus, 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 you are worthy. You are worthy of every part of us. You are worthy of our attention. You are worthy of all we have to give, of all our concentration, of all our focus. Just come and remove every barrier this morning to what you want to do, God. You are sovereign. Come, come, come. Jesus walking around the room in amongst all of us and he wants to give you a picture of who he is to you right now, of even where he is, of how you sense him, of what he looks like to you, of what he's speaking to you and so ask him for that right now. Thank you Jesus that you are walking, that your presence is real. And I just felt to 
share this piece that I wrote in my journal years ago just as a snippet, a signature of how Jesus showed himself to me in my past and at, at a time when I didn't think he was there he took me back and he showed me and I feel like that's also part of what he wants to do this morning is he wants to show you that even when you don't think he's there, even when you don't want him there, when you think that he's not interested or he wants to turn his face on what you're thinking or what you're doing, that that's the place when he's there the most. It says, Jesus removes the shame from my memories and gives me a rewritten story. I can look back on the dirtiest, most devastating times of my life with joy. I see Jesus there, just being there, rescuing me without me even knowing it, and smiling like he knows what he's doing. And he is assured that this horrific moment that I find myself in will be woven into a beautiful force of redemption. But at the same time, weeping with me in my suffering, holding my hand. Then I just, I declare that over some of you this morning who feel like you desperately need a rewritten story, like you need a supernatural force of redemption to come and change how you see things, how you, even not only in the past, but looking to the future, that you need to see the power of a redemption in your life, the power of a saviour who rescued you, who is continuing to rescue you, and who is taking you forward, and who is weaving the most beautiful story of redemption. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you matter, Jesus. You matter. What you bought for us is powerful. That redemption is powerful. And I thank you, Jesus, that right now you are showing each person a picture of where you were, of where you are, of where you're going to be. Thank you, Jesus, that you are removing fear, that you're removing doubt and anxiety. Right now, there is no place for anxiety when Jesus is with you. It just can't exist at the same time. looking at him there's no rush just keep your gaze fixed on him he is looking at you ask him to show you his eyes his face to come close because <coughs> what he bought for you on the cross is always enough it's more than enough like he's coming to wake us up this morning, that there's been a dormancy in, in some of us where we've kind of become a, a bit numb. And with all the joy and the excitement and the peace that he has, it's not a, it's not a condemnation, it's an excitement that he's coming with a passion to wake us up again. 
Savior is coming to wake you up. He's coming to make you feel alive again. And I thank you, God, that you're doing that right now. I believe it. I believe it and I decree it that He's coming to wake you up again. To give you the fullness of life that He promised. Thank you, Jesus, that in your word you said, I have come, that you will have abundant life. So we believe that and we declare it over our lives this morning, God. That it's only because of you, Jesus. It's only because of you. We don't look anywhere else. We look to you, Jesus. He's still walking. He's still here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for more. Thank you for more of you revealing yourself. Jesus, Almighty One, Alpha and Omega, Advocate, Author and Perfecter of our faith, Authority, Bread of Life, Beloved Son of God, Bridegroom, Chief Cornerstone, Deliverer, Faithful and True, Good Shepherd, Great High Priest, Head of the Church, Holy Servant, I am, Emmanuel, indescribable gift, judge, king of kings, lamb of God, light of the world, lion of the tribe of Judah, Lord of all, mediator, Messiah, mighty one, the one who sets free our hope 
peace, prophet, redeemer, risen Lord, rock, sacrifice for our sins, saviour, son of man, son of the most high, supreme creator over all, resurrection and the life, the door, the way, the word, true vine, truth, victorious one, wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Revelation 1.12 When I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, I saw seven golden lampstands. And walking among the lampstands, I saw someone like the Son of Man, wearing a full-length robe with a golden sash over his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, white as glistening snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were gleaming like bright metal, as though they were glowing in a fire. And his voice was like the roar of many rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. And his face was shining like the brightness of the blinding sun. When I saw him, I fell down at his feet as good as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, and I heard his reassuring voice saying, Don't yield to fear. I am the beginning and the end, the living one. I was dead, but now look, I am alive forever and ever. I could just carry on reading descriptions of Jesus all throughout the word. Um just so amazing to be able to have these names, have these descriptions, to be able to have the scriptures reveal him to us. But there's even more than that. The scriptures describe him, but he is perfect theology in himself. So for what's left of this morning, I just want to, I mean, Carl told us last week we were going to talk about Jesus, which is a topic I could speak on for the whole year, but we are wanting to focus on him, and this morning I want to go into a bit about how he's our demonstration and our direction, and that he is our desire and delight. Some good church sermon alliteration for you there. Stunning. So, Jesus shows us where we're from, where we're going, the purpose of our lives, how to think, how to live. He's our blueprint, really. Um, Rick Joyner says, the purpose of life, why we are here, is to see him, know him, love him, become like him, and reveal him. So if you were looking for your purpose, there it is. Done deal. I think we often get so carried away by our plans that we forget to focus on our purpose. And if our purpose informed our plan, we'd be a whole lot more centred and directed from the place of 
Jesus' model. And we're often trying so hard to live in this world, to figure it out, to figure out ourselves, to improve ourselves, to figure out what kind of personality we have, what Enneagram type we are, (laughs) which is not a bad thing at all. Um, But focusing on all these things and, and trying to make sense of it all, we can often forget that actually we're not of this world. We are of another world. And Jesus came to show us that, to show us that he has separated us, that he has sanctified us to himself, he's called us out. We are his, we are, are of that world and not of this world. We're actually called aliens and strangers. And it's a bit weird to think of yourself as an alien, but that's what we are. So you can choose what alien, what does your alien look like? <laughs> um, we're here, heaven is our home, but we still need to value the here and now. Um, but we were created to actually frame how we see ourselves and who we are in the world the way that Jesus modeled it for us. Um, I love this passion translation. For the record, it's a recommendation. There are child with that nearness and David. Um, in, in Philippians 2, 5, in the Passion Translation, it says, Consider the example that Jesus, the Anointed One, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. I love that. Like, let the mindset of Jesus become your motivation. Um, and we have been given the mind of Christ. Yeah. We just need to take hold of it, live it out. And God is on our side. God is always moving to transform us, to take us from glory to glory. Yeah. Um, he shows us how to renew our minds. And a renewed mind will transform us. It will help us to transform people so that we as a group can transform cities and nations. And a renewed mind also enhances and strengthens our faith so that we're actually able to see the way God sees, to actually take hold of those beliefs and live it out how Jesus did, using his mindset. Now, you may be thinking, it sounds a bit hard. I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it takes some action to renew your mind. And... Um, yeah. You can think this is too much work. I don't know. But thank God, because of Jesus, he, we have grace, which is not only unmerited favor, but it's also the empowering presence of God to be able to do what he's called us to do, to be who we've, he's called us to be. Yeah. And so to take hold of that grace, to renew our minds and to step into that mindset will be a game changer. Um, I'm not going to go into, obviously there are practices that we can use that are helpful to renew our minds, um, reflecting on scripture, declaring truth, um, taking our thoughts captive, focusing on the right things. There are all those things that we can do that are in the natural, but I want to focus on the supernatural um, and the supernatural power that's actually even released as we do those natural things. So... We're not actually separating the natural and the supernatural. By renewing our mind, by doing all those things I mentioned, we are stepping into the supernatural grace 
that God has given us in being able to do that. Um, Ephesians 6.10 says, Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. How's that for a verse? (laughs) Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. So let's never forget about the supernatural nature of God. He is not natural. Everything he does is backed by his power, power that created the universe, that raised Jesus from the dead. It's who he is. Um, He is a miracle-working God. And we need to tap into that. So when we're doing that, when we're focusing on Jesus is my example, I'm motivated by his mindset. Um, yeah, there's, there's kingdom principles that play into that. Principles of increase, of sowing and reaping, which I always get mixed up which one comes first. But, <laughs> you know, sowing and reaping. Um, and through that, we will be supernaturally infused with strength and have explosive power flowing through us. Um, God has method in everything he does. He wants you to be continually renewed for his purposes. Yeah. Um, and if you think about it, actually every supernatural encounter that you have, it moves you into being able to grasp how God's world works. It's, it gives you a greater consciousness of God's world, enabling you to move forward into your inheritance in him. Um, yeah, he is just so jealous for you. He is longing for your affections to be set on him, for your mind to be working as his mind works, um, so that we can be equipped for the assignment that we've been given. Um, and really, what Jesus modeled for us was here's your assignment, bring heaven to earth. And your destination is heaven. Simple. (laughs) Um, And so really the more that we do that, the more when we steward the supernatural, we go after the mindset of Jesus, the more authority, responsibility and influence will be unfolded to us and entrusted to us. Um, Another kingdom principle is stewarding well what you have and more will be given to you. And sometimes I think, actually, I don't know if I, if I want that. It's, it's a little bit scary to think, okay, I'm experiencing the supernatural, I'm seeing miracles, so because of that, I'm stewarding them well, I'm going after more, I'm understanding more how the kingdom works. And as I move in that direction, God is going to give me more authority, more responsibility more inheritance and that is actually the desire of our hearts whether we want to try and run away from it or not we are created to bring the kingdom more to step out more to take risk and um and stewarding well what we've been given will lead us in that direction
All of this obviously being based on transformation from the renewed mind. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So where our mind goes, we follow. And it just comes down to actually choosing what do we believe. Do we believe that what God says is the truth more than we believe our feelings, our circumstances, what we see? Do we choose the truth? And do we keep going after that? And if we do, our mind will lead us. Um, I was sharing over the weekend that I've been noticing lately that there's even subconscious thoughts that, that keep sort of going on and on in my mind of things that I'm, I kind of believe God for, but I'm not so sure because I haven't seen them happen. And so it's almost like a questioning subconsciously that wears away every day. Uh, I don't know, can I trust God? Is this going to happen? And it's not always conscious, but God just at the beginning of this year alerted me to it. And he was like, hang on, you're actually getting exhausted because all these, you haven't settled this issue in your mind. You haven't actually decided, I believe God, I believe this is what he said, I believe this is the truth. And because of that, these thoughts are just banging you every day and it's tiring and exhausting. And so I was like, you're right. I concede. <laughs> and so I just settled it there and then. I was like, God, fine. You are right. You are bigger. I believe you. And I'm going to take hold of what you've said. And I know it's only been, what, two or three weeks this year, but it's been such a difference in my life. Um, I just feel settled. I feel like I can just trust him. And it seems like the simplest thing, but it's amazing how much your mind can lead you in the right direction, can be settled, unsettled, and can throw you off. And, um, yeah, if we had to have the mindset that Jesus had, he was absolutely convinced about what God had said and yeah. believed his Father yeah. and what he'd said. So I encourage you to go after that. Um, and as I said, Jesus demonstrated this kind of standard of life for us. Um, on earth as it is in heaven. He also demonstrated the dual citizenship that we have. So we're called not to love this world. There's another thing that I wanted to read. I didn't actually mark off. So give me a moment. Romans 12.2 Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. And this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Um, have to give a Bill Johnson little quote in here. Um, I was listening to a sermon of his a while ago and he was telling a story which had a great analogy, although you have to forgive the U.S gun focus, so just, <laughs> just let that pass. So he was giving a story of, say, a guy who has a business of a diamond trade, and he needs to get a license to have weapons, to, you know, because he has, he carries diamonds around, obviously you must have a gun <laughs> in the US mindset, so let's just forgive them for that. Um, 
And so he was saying, in the US, he would go and he'd get his license, and then he would, you know, be protected under the regulations of the United States. Then say he has to go to Mexico for work, and suddenly there are different regulations there. So what he had in that one world actually doesn't work for him in the other world. And using that example, he was explaining how we are living in this world in a certain set of regulations and how the world works, but we're not actually part of this world. We actually need to be functioning from the laws, the rules, the um, principles of the kingdom and of heaven. Yeah. And, um, and we actually can't afford to expect to tap into the resources, the power, the anointing that God has for us, that God's promised to us, if we are functioning with the mindset of the world. Does that make sense? Which just, yeah, which was such a good sort of revelation for me. I was like, well, we're going along kind of thinking the way the world thinks, expecting all these things from God. And he's like, but this is not connecting. <laughs> you're, not, you're not believing me. You're not seeing things how I see things. But yet you want everything that I've promised. Um, and he's just, it's, it's not like he's trying to slap us into shape. He's just wanting to set our affections on how his world works and to pull, king, pull the kingdom of heaven onto earth by doing that. Um, and, yeah, Jesus has so modeled that for us um, that it's, it's amazing that we have that example to follow. Um, Jesus saw a little boy's lunch and immediately thought, no problem, I can feed 5,000. And he thanked God for the miracle. Like, no question. And, you know, I just thought, that is a different mindset. When last did you have that kind of mindset? Of, I mean, you know, it's not often we have to feed 5,000, but, you know, we have to make some things happen. And, um, yeah, just imagine what, what you would see, what you would have faith for if you had the mindset of Jesus. Yeah. He, it was immediate for him. He, just, he, has, he saw a realm that he had access to. He saw the realm of the miraculous that he could bring in through decreeing the truth of who God was. Yeah. And there, there it is. Faith, yeah. mindset, brings in the miraculous. And um, yeah, that just really encouraged me. Of, of what's possible, of what God is actually yearning for us to tap into. Um, and I know, and I had this conversation with Nina, we were like, well, that was Jesus. He was human, but he was also God. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let that not think that we can't follow his example. He, of course, he, he was God and human, but he didn't come to model something for us to frustrate us. Um, he came to show us what's actually possible. Yeah. And he's given us empowering grace and his presence and um, the Holy Spirit to guide us and empower us. And of course we're not perfect, but he is cheering us on to live as he lived and to go after those things and to tap into the heavenly realm and to bring heaven to earth. Um, so it's, yeah, it just excites me to, to think in that direction and what could be possible 
if we grow after that mindset. Um, and so often we, we question, you know, why, why don't we see things? Why don't people get healed? And I'm not going to go into that, but I really feel like God is waiting for us to steward what he's given us and actually to be confident and to ask for more faith and to decree what's been given and to declare it and the miraculous will be invited into that space. Um, God is really moved by human need. He was so moved that he sent his son and that on the cross sin was dealt with, torment was dealt with um, and yeah, God is just looking for a people who will understand what that transaction meant and take hold of it and bring heaven to earth. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's desperate. And he's, I just really feel like he's looking at us going, there's so much more. I'm so excited for what I can do for you. Won't you just step in? Won't you just see how I see? Won't you partner with me? Won't you look at Jesus? Jesus also only did what he saw his father doing. So we don't have to feel the pressure of like, I must do everything. I must help everyone. The father, will, the father guided Jesus. So we can also be guided by the father and by the Holy Spirit in us as to what to focus on, where to do what, what to decree. Um, yeah, I was also really um, encouraged by thinking that we can't actually make our theology on our experience and our disappointments and what we've seen. That Jesus is our standard. And Paul actually gives, <laughs> gives a warning um, in Galatians about um, if, if anyone comes to you, even if it's an angel, someone very convincing comes and tries to preach a different gospel that is apart from Jesus and his kingdom, just throw it out. And that is an encouragement to realize that actually the standard Jesus set is what we're to focus on. We're not meant to focus on people's experience and what they might say about, oh, well, you know, people don't always get healed or whatever it is. Jesus didn't set that example. So if we start teaching a theology based on what we've seen, we're actually stepping away from the standard of Jesus. And, um, yeah, he, he is our model. He is perfect theology, and yeah, I really believe that he wants to encourage us to keep our mindset up there and not to just get despondent and bring in human logic and intelligence and, and look elsewhere. Um, I've, I've felt such a, um, a desperation in my spirit to not be distracted almost by putting the intelligence of the world above him. And that's so easy, it just can sneak in from anywhere. And I think it's so necessary to keep, you know, David says, um, search my heart, God, like show me if there's anything within me. And um, 
if we can just keep on holding things up and saying, is this thing that I'm going after coming close to taking the place of Jesus? Is it, like, what am I focusing on the most? Um, and just to, just to let God into that place, to see what are you elevating above him? What is, what is taking your eyes off him? Um, and the answer is just really to never look inward. I think sometimes this culture is so, like, inward focus. Me, I need to fix myself, I need to self-improve, I need to, and the, you know, I'm not bashing any of those things, but, but Jesus, Jesus first, Jesus wants to be first, he doesn't want a second, he wants your attention. I love this quote from Derek Prince, it says, you can chase after all the pleasures and philosophies of the world. But your spirit is actually just not interested in them. Your spirit just wants God. And that's how we were created. God created us to have a spirit that is only satisfied in Him. And we can, we can look and look, but, but it's only Him. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's go after that. Let's look at Him. Um, I remember a prophecy or a word someone gave me. It might have even been you guys, I don't know. Um, that just keeps speaking to me, and it was about me being in a, and can be for everyone, about us being in a greenhouse of growth and, um, you know, an intensifying and acceleration of healing and growth, but also protection and just a, an awareness to be careful of, of what comes in. Because in a greenhouse, you don't let in anything that would. Um, hold to the growth of the whatever you're growing there. Um, only what's useful for growth is allowed into the greenhouse. And so if we could steward our lives to be a place of growth in a greenhouse and be careful of, of what we allow in and out, there would be so much acceleration in, in what we're going after. Jesus is so beautiful. He's the desire of the nations. He's the desire of our hearts. And as I wrap this up, I just want to call us again to keep looking at him. And um, like we started off in the beginning, to continue to ask him to reveal himself to you. We can never get tired. We can never have enough of what Jesus wants to show us about him and about who he is. There's always more. There's always more revelation. There's always deeper places to go. And um, I just want to read this quote from a guy called Dom Muir, uh, who, yeah, he's just a wild, crazy evangelist. But in this quote, he's just calling people to focus and to... To spend time. I think, you know, that's actually a lot of what it comes down to is time and focus and, yeah. So it says, we live in a generation bloated by information and starved of revelation. We are drowned in entertainment, but joyless, restless and unfulfilled. Why? Man is not designed to live by these broken systems 
but by every word of revelation knowledge that comes by intimacy with our Heavenly Father. We are made by God and for God, and our hearts, as Augustine wrote, are restless until they rest in Thee. We don't need more knowledge or information. We need more revelation from heaven of who Jesus is. My friends, can you perceive the whisper deep unto deep? Turn aside, take time to be still and know your God. Close the door, clear your diary, put your phone in another room, romance the lover of your soul, and be romanced. This year, I don't want more acquisition or achievement, even for God. I want to go deeper with him. I want to know the riches of the palace I'm already living in. Yeah. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are the one who, who wooed us, who rescued us, who found us, and we respond to who you are. And we just say that we desire you, we lift you up, you are our king. We are in love with you, Jesus. We are worthy. And we just ask that this year you would bring us to such a place of, of longing to know you more. And Holy Spirit, you would enable us to surrender, to make time, to go after you, God. We, we know that all fruitfulness flows from an intimate place with you. And we want to see fruit, but we want intimacy first, God. We want to know you first. So come and be first in our lives, Jesus. Amen. Thank you.